Okay, over the next uh, three opportunities that I get to speak, I just wanted, I felt very much that God put something on my heart for us to cover uh, as we kind of look into this kind of next term and as we kind of look into the way ahead. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you hear a quote, don't you, from something. It might be that you see a quote on Twitter or it might be that you hear a quote in a talk or something on TV or just someone passes something, a word of um, wisdom onto you. Uh, but when sometimes you hear a quote, I don't know about you, but you, do you find that some of them just really impact you really powerfully and you kind of, you never forget them. There's something in that, that that God uses to kind of bring a real truth to you. Well, this happened to me uh, a couple of months ago where I was, I was listening to someone talking on a subject and, and they, they gave this quote and used this story and it just, the Holy Spirit just hit me with it. And, and what they were quoting was a, is a pastor in America called D. Duke. Um, uh, and um, what the first bit that struck me was this guy leads a church of a thousand people, uh, which isn't unusual in America. But what's unusual is his town is three thousand people in the population of his town. So he's got a church of a thousand in a town of three thousand, which would be the equivalent of us having twenty-five thousand people here um, on a Sunday morning in our town. Okay, so that, that kind of gets your attention, doesn't it? You think, okay, well, something good's going on there. And the quote really was around uh, that he was asked, this guy was asked what the secret of his leadership success was. Someone said to him, what's the, what's the secret of your leadership success? Um, and this guy replied to them saying that the secret of my success as a leader is that I've learned how to navigate disappointment without downsizing my dreams. So the secret of my success as a leader is that I've learned how to navigate disappointment without downsizing my dreams. And I just felt the Holy Spirit just bang, it hit me between the eyes with that and just really started, uh, as he has this habit of doing, just revealing the depths of your heart and just thinking, wow, actually, do you know, I think I've probably not navigated disappointment very well and been living a life of downsizing my dreams. I just felt the Holy Spirit really uh, was speaking to me and I've been kind of working that through and processing and praying that through and on this journey of that. And as I've been doing that, I just really felt that God was saying to me, like, actually, yes, this is crucial for me. This is something in this for me that if I don't get hold of the truth that's within that kind of quote, then actually I'm going to miss out on what God's got for me because I'm just going to be sort of downsizing all the times and missing out on God's best. But actually, he, I felt he spoke to me that there's something bigger than, than just for me, that there's something for us uh, as God's people here. And as I shared it with the other guys, they felt, yes, this is something we need to get hold of uh, as a church here. Um, because the truth is, I don't think it is just me that's got this problem. There's many of my problems that are probably just my problem. But actually, this one, I think, actually applies to more of us than just me. Because culturally, in Britain, um, we are just so prone to cynicism, aren't we? We're, we're just, it's kind of the cultural hobby, isn't it? Just to be cynical about everything. Just to not only downsize our own dreams, but just to downsize everybody else's as well. If we can kind of pour water on anything good that's happening, if we can undermine it, if we can kind of rubbish it, then as a nation, we tend to be pretty good at it, don't we? It's one of the few things that we're good at in this world. Um, and I'm not sure if it's something we should be particularly proud of. Uh, but also locally, in this part of the world, we do suffer with low aspiration. It is known for it to be a, an area of the country where the aspiration is low. And there was a report undertaken in 2012 uh, called Frustration to Aspiration. And that report revealed that parts of Norfolk, Suffolk and Cambridgeshire have been branded as some of the worst in the country for young people to grow up in when it comes to achieving their dreams. This report has been put together by Education and Training Specialists, Ambitious Minds, and it pulls together a load of figures from the Office of National Statistics to create a picture of the best and the worst places to live when growing up. Waveney features in the bottom 20 
of 324 local authority areas. Andy Wood, chairman of the New Anglia Local Enterprise Partnership, said this report makes disturbing reading and shows the depths of the challenges faced by Norfolk and Suffolk and most starkly by the population of Great Yarmouth and Lowestoft. He says that the enterprise um, partnership was targeting investment in tourism and encouraging growth through the enterprise zone in Great Yarmouth and Lowestoft. But he insisted, unless we act, there will be a lost generation of young people in these areas. Okay? It's a problem. <laughs> There's a bigger problem than just me and, and my life. There's a problem in the area that we live in. And I just felt as we've been, I've been kind of chewing this over that there's something prophetic and important that God wants us to get hold of as his people. Because I believe that what God wants to do is to do something first with us that then has an impact on the community around us in this whole area of actually starting to, to see something countercultural happening, happening amongst his people. Where actually we become a people and a community who through God's power and strength, start dreaming big dreams in him and actually start seeing those dreams accomplished and fulfilled. And actually we build a community where we don't rubbish each other's dreams or kind of bring them down or pour water, but actually we become a community where we're empowering and cheering each other on and celebrating when people achieve the things that God has put in their heart. And as we do that, there's going to be some effect on the world around us. That it will start with us, but it will change the culture around us. Because that guy's right. Unless something happens, actually, there's going to be a massive issue, an increasing issue around us. I applaud tourism and encouraging growth, but we know that actually it needs to be a move of God, doesn't it, that takes place in our area, which wants to see the problem resolved. And it starts with us. So over this kind of three-part series I wanted to do, I felt that we're going to look at how do we unlock the dreams that God has got for us. We're going to look at that today. We're going to look at how do we deal effectively with disappointments. We'll look at that next week. And then in a few weeks' time, we'll look at how do we bring this all together so we become a people that actually really start seeing what God has got for us. Sound good? Yeah, anyone else going to come back next week? Yeah, good, okay, that's fine. Okay, so starting today, we're going to start looking at the whole issue of the fact that God gives us permission to dream. Now, the verse we're going to base this uh, all around is, is a very familiar verse if you're a Christian or you've read your Bible or you've been around church a lot. It's a verse in Proverbs, uh, and it's, it says this. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, just to unpack that a little bit, just to put that into language that we might find easier to understand, hope deferred means disappointment. So to have a hope deferred, a deferred just means to be put off. So a hope that never gets kind of realized, that it's always like, I'm still hoping, I'm still hoping. That's really just disappointment, isn't it? Where things just don't match up to what you want it to be. And a desire fulfilled is when really dreams become reality. So when, when it's talking there about a desire fulfilled, it's saying, well, actually, when dreams become reality when they actually come into existence that's what he's talking there heart sickness uh isn't specifically cardiac disease uh so he's not saying that if you're disappointed you'll have a heart attack um they're not extremely linked uh but he's talking when the bible talks about your heart it's talking about our emotions it's talking about the seat of who we are so he's talking there about the heart sickness is when we're sad disillusioned bitter cynical, miserable, when, when things were just not good in ourselves, when we're really struggling in ourselves. That's what it's talking there about, a heart sickness. 
And the tree of life isn't about planting forests and, and, and recycling. Um, but it's about the dynamic source of life. So if you think of a tree that's full of life, it's, it's drawing up water, it's growing strong, it's producing fruit, it's, got a, it's, it's a dynamic source of ongoing life in it. So if we wanted to put that verse in another way that we might find easier to, to understand, it says this. You could put it this way. Disappointment makes us miserable, but when dreams come true, it fills us with life. They're almost two opposites of the spectrum. When, we, when we're disappointed and we're, and we're living in a place of disappointment, actually it robs us of life. But when we start seeing dreams fulfilled and coming true, it unlocks life in us. There's something supernatural that takes place inside of us. So that's what we're going to look at over these next few weeks. But it's quite good, first of all, even just to define what we mean by dreams. Because you might be thinking, well, I have some really random dreams at night. You know, depending on how many cheese sandwiches I've eaten the night before, uh, or what random programs I might have watched or conversations. And you think, if, if Ben, you're saying that all our dreams, are, God wants our dreams to come true, then the world's going to look a very funny place if the dreams I have at night are going to start coming true. Uh, we're not going to get everyone to tell us what their dreams are at night, but I can well believe that if all of our dreams that we have at night came true, then the world would be a very, very random place. What we're talking about here, and a guy called Andy Mason defined it like this. He said, a dream is a picture of the future that I want to live in someday. It's almost like a vision. It's like a, a picture in your mind thinking, Do you know, that's, that's kind of, that's, I'd love that in for my life. I'd love to be living in that place one day. Not necessarily a geographical place, but a, a context. You, like, you look ahead and you think, yeah, that's the kind of place I'd be wanting to live in. That's what I want my life to be looking about. Because the ability to dream isn't, just simply a nice idea. It's very easy to think that actually kind of someone who's a bit of a dreamer, someone who's always thinking about what things could be like or, or wouldn't it be great if things were like this, it's very easy to dismiss that and think, well, they're just kind of naive and childlike kind of people, a bit childish. You know, they need to grow up and realize that the real world's not like that. Those things kind of don't happen. And we can be very easy to dismiss kind of just the concept of dreaming of something better or something different. But what I want us just to quickly grasp hold of is that actually when we dream, what we're doing is something, actually what God has built us to do. That actually God himself is the ultimate dreamer. And that when we're dreaming, it's not something childlike and naive and something to be dismissed. But actually it's us fulfilling part of what God has called us to be and how God has made us. Because God is the ultimate dreamer. And he dreams in, in different ways and in different ways we can see in the Bible. Firstly, he's got, God has big dreams for the entire world and the entire universe. So we can see in Genesis 1, if you look at the beginning of the Bible, uh, how God kind of articulates and manifests his dreams. So he dreamed, dreamt of a perfect world, a perfect world where he would uh, create mankind and he would have total harmony with mankind, he would dwell with people, he would have a people that he could pour his love into, and a perfect world was in God's mind. He had this dream of this perfect world, and he created it. In Genesis 1, we can see this perfect creation that took place. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden walked with God, and everything was perfect. And even when mankind messed it up, when Adam sinned and rebelled against God, uh, and we can see that this perfect world was broken, what's great is that God didn't ever stop dreaming. God didn't get cynical at that point and think, well, actually, I'm just going to give up. It's pointless. There's no, it's never going to be accomplished. And we're going to look at kind of how we handle disappointments and stuff in the future weeks. But 
I just want to say that it's really important to remember that God is, is not thwarted in his dreams. Yeah? God had a dream and nothing was going to stop him seeing the fulfillment of that. And so we can read through the Bible, we can see how in the end Jesus comes to put that dream back on course. The dream of a perfect world uh, where he's dwelling with his people. And, and through Jesus we can now find our, our, our sins forgiven, we can get ourselves back on track with God. And when you read through to the end of the Bible in Revelation, we see, therefore, this picture that's to come of a new heavens and a new earth. One day Jesus will come again and we'll have a new heaven and a new earth. And I think Claire mentioned that as she was praying out during our worship times. That the dream that God had right from the beginning of a perfect world with no sin, no pain, no suffering, where he was dwelling with his people, that one day will be fulfilled. God has this big dream, okay, big dream for the universe. And it says in Psalm 33, verse 11, the counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. When God has a, a plan, for, uh, an eternal plan, he's going to accomplish it. He's got big dreams for his creation. The next kind of size of dreams that God has is that he doesn't just have dreams like huge-scale, eternal, universal dreams, but he also has dreams for his people. Those people, like those of you who this morning who class yourself as a Christian, you've made uh, that step where you're in relationship with God. He has a dream for us as his people, collectively, as a community. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 is a well-known verse. And it says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And that verse, uh, we often apply individually, but actually was written and, and spoken by God to a nation. It was spoken to the nation of Israel whilst they were in exile. So they weren't in Israel. They were slaves to in, in other nations around that region. And they were thinking, well, how is this going to be? We're God's people, yet we're not where he wants us to be. And God spoke that to that whole nation and said, look, I haven't forgotten you. I've got plans for you, a community, you people. I've got plans to give you a future and a hope. So God looks at us as his people as a, as a local expression here and as part of the universal church, he looks at us and says, actually, when he looks at us, he's got dreams for us. Okay? He looks at us and naturally sees the future that he wants us to be living in. That's how God is. You, you can't stop him. The minute God is looking at anybody, he suddenly starts seeing a picture of who they could be in him. He's a dreamer. He's got big dreams for us. And, and we know that as a local church here, God's spoken many times to us through prophetic words about the kind of future that he's got, the dreams he's got for us as a local church, seeing breakthrough and healing, uh, seeing the presence of God so tangibly manifest amongst us that people are being healed and set free, that we're seeing breakthrough into our community, influencing the nations. Those aren't just kind of the wild thoughts of a few random people. They're God looking at us and dreaming big dreams over us. But it doesn't even stop there. It doesn't just stop with universal dreams or kind of community, people groups, dreams. God also, whenever he looks at us as individuals, he just sees what we could become as well in him. He naturally dreams big dreams over us. He looks at our potential all the time and sees what we could become in him. If we keep in step with him, if we keep in close with him, what we, we become in him. He's like the ultimate proud father. Yeah, you know, there's you know, some parents that will just have, they just so kind of have such big dreams for their children that whenever they look at them, they can just see who they could become. You might feel that about 
your children or other, you know, people that you're with that you just love, and you look at them, and all you can see is their potential, who you could become. That's exactly how God the Father looks over us. When he looks at us, he doesn't look at you know, the mess we're in or the way we get things wrong all the time. He says, no, yeah, but, but look who you could become. Look, look who you could be in me. Ephesians 3 verse 20 in the message says this, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Yeah? You think of your life and think of what your wildest dreams are for your life. And you think, well, that could never be. Do you know, God's such a big dreamer that he's got, he, he can dream bigger dreams than you could ever imagine for your life. That's what he's like. That, this is in the, actually part of his nature is to think big over everything. So we cannot outdream God. It's just not possible. Okay? And we need to get hold of this, that God is not looking at us and thinking, well, we'll just, I'll just make do with what we've got there, or they'll never accomplish much, or you know, they, they, he doesn't have low aspiration over his people. You know? And that's why I think there's something powerful going to take place in this area, in Great Yarmouth and Lowestoft, amongst God's people. Because when we start reflecting his nature, it's the opposite of the one around us. God is not a low aspiration God. Okay, he is completely the opposite. He's a big, big dreamer. So when we start getting hold of this, when we start realizing that actually to dream is not to be naive and childish, but actually it's to be completely in step with the nature of our Father, we start reflecting him to the world around us. We're called to be dreamers. And it's good to dream. Okay? It's good to have dreams. It's good to, to think big about our lives. Mark Twain, the writer, said this, Without dreams, you may continue to exist, but you have ceased to live. Okay, we don't want to be a kind of people that are existing but not living. Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can do it. And he probably put a song to it as well, and, and you know, a whole soundtrack and a film. But you know, it's true, though, isn't it? If you can dream it, you can do it. That's the kind of mindset that actually sees things accomplished in life. Because if you start thinking about some of the, the big, significant things that have happened in history... Actually, most of them started with someone having a dream of how the future could look different to how it is now. That's how things get accomplished. If you imagine what the world would be like if William Wilberforce hadn't had a picture of a world without the slave trade and the difference that he made in that area by bringing legislation against it. Imagine Martin Luther King with his amazing speech, I Have a Dream, which kind of just sums it all up, doesn't it? You know, he, imagine what America would look like if he hadn't had that dream of seeing America free from racial segregation. You know, he had that picture. He could sit, and that's what his whole speech is about, that famous speech. He had a picture in front of him. He could see it. This is what it could look like. And actually, that forced through. That gave him the energy to force through some of the amazing social changes that took place. Imagine... There's so many things. Imagine many inventions that would have never have taken place if people hadn't thought, well, maybe I could, I could... What about that? What about that? There's so many things in life start with a dream. Someone having a dream about how things could look differently and then say, seeing those dreams accomplished. Imagine if Bob Herbert, Chris Herbert, and Lindsay Casbon had never dreamed of creating a girl band called the Spice Girls. Just imagine what the world would look like. You know, it would, it would look so different to now. Big things get accomplished when we, we unlock dreams, when we give ourselves permission to dream, when we kick out this kind of low aspiration, cynical mindset and say, do you know, 
I was built to dream. God's created us to do that. And it's not just a nice kind of thought, because Proverbs tells us, doesn't it, in that verse, that when we see dreams fulfilled, it unlocks life. Okay, It's not just, oh, yeah, that'd be lovely if, if that happened, or lovely if that happened, and yeah, I'm sure that would be an improvement on things. It's like, you know, there's, there's a life that gets unlocked. Something supernatural takes place when you start seeing dreams being fulfilled. When the things that God puts in our hearts start becoming fulfilled, it unlocks something in us. We were singing earlier about that sense of, you know, there must be more than this. And that's not a negative thing. That's not dismissing what is going on. It's saying, you're a dreamer, God. You've got bigger things for us than just this. And, and, and when we start seeing those desires fulfilled, it unlocks life in us. And it will unlock life in our church and our community, the world around us. It will start a tidal wave that will be unstoppable. Because when God gets on the move, nothing can stop his plans. So I hope you're getting the message this morning that I just want us this morning, if nothing else, to establish God is a dreamer. Okay, and as his people, we should equally be dreaming big dreams like he does. So how do we start discovering the dreams that God has got for us? You might be sitting there thinking, that's fine, but I just don't have any particular dreams over my life. I don't, how do I go about getting a dream? What, what does it mean to unlock a dream in my life? Well, there's three things we can do which help us to start unlocking the dreams. If you've start, if, hopefully by this point, and I'll, if not, then I can start, I'm happy to start again. Uh, hopefully you've got the point that it's okay to dream and it should be part of who we are. Yep? Brilliant. Okay. You're going to say that even if, even if it's not. How do we unlock these dreams? Well, the first thing is to read the Bible. We don't believe as Christians that the Bible is just a collection of random writings. We believe it's the revealed word of God to us. We believe that the Holy Spirit inspired people to write what's in the Bible, and we believe that God has kept that together for us to bring us a revelation of something of who he is and what he wants to do in and through us. And so if you're thinking, well, actually, I don't really know if I've got any specific dreams that I want to, to happen. Well, let me tell you, getting, getting alongside God's dreams is probably a really good place to start. If you can find out some of what God's dreams are and say, well, okay, I'm going to give my life to some of fulfilling some of the dreams that God has got, then, you know, you're going to be on the right lines. So you might need to just get the Bible and think, actually, do you know, I need to spend some time searching out some of the dreams that God has got for this world in the Bible. Because if I can find those dreams and give my life to those, then I know that I'm going to be unlocking life inside of me. For example, 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 says, God our Saviour desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So God, in his heart, is a desire. He longs to see all mankind come into a saving knowledge of him and to be with him in heaven and earth. So you could say, well, okay, I've not got a massive dream for my life, but that's one of God's dreams. That's what he wants to see happen. He, He would love to see people saved, all people saved. Now, let me tell you, if you give your life to that, you've got a lifetime's worth of work there, yeah? If you're thinking, actually, my life is to see people saved and people added into the kingdom, and I'm going to give my life to that because that's a dream of God. And when that dream starts being fulfilled, it's going to unlock life in me and it's going to change the world around me. Then actually, that's a great place to start and saying, okay, I'm going to take hold of the dreams that God has got. It might be that you read through the, the New Testament. And, uh, like we've been studying through Acts this year, and you might think, you know, I, I just see how much that 
part of God's desire is to see people healed. Um, and actually, when I see the New Testament and there's an expectation that people are healed, well, like, do you know, I want, I, that's a desire, that's a dream of God. I want to get on board with that dream. So I'm going to then give myself to praying for people when they're sick because I want, if that's God's dream, then I want that dream to be mine and I'm going to get on board with that because I think that's a good thing to do. And there's, there's endless possibilities, but get into the Bible, read it, find out what God's dreams are. You can discover those dreams and take them on for yourself. The second way of discovering dreams for us is through prophecy. We believe, uh, as we've been seeing earlier, that God is alive uh, and, and a living God quite kind of understandably we would want to communicate with his people. And the, and the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit has been given to us in order that we can know God and we can hear his voice into our lives. And so one of the ways he does that is through prophetic words. That's really just God speaking through, giving a word to someone, speaking to someone and saying, you know, this, I want you to go and give this to this person. I want you to go and encourage them with this word. I want you to go and give them this, uh, this message from me, as it were. And so prophetic words are really just another way of God revealing to us a bit more of a, a flavor of some of the dreams he has for us. Some of him revealing to us the kind of future that he wants us to live in, maybe as individuals. And so if you've never received a prophetic word, then I would encourage you to ask God to give you one. To say to him, Lord, I've never had a prophetic word given to me. Would you speak to someone else who they would then bring me a word? Because I'd love to hear something more of what your dreams are for my life. Do it. I mean, God, God loves to speak. Uh, he's, not, he's not a mute God. So speak. I pray. Say, Lord, that's something I would love. I'd love to hear something more of your dreams for my life. So give someone a word for me. I'd love to do it and, and live with an expectation that he will. If you've already had a prophetic word or prophetic words over your life in the past that are currently unfulfilled, so you read them and you look and you think, well, that's, that's painting a picture of a, of, a, of, a, of a life or a situation and I'm not in it at the moment, then give yourself to praying into it. Start living with an expectation. Well, if God's if God's going to give me, a, if God's going to speak over me a dream of the future, and I've spoken with other people, and we feel, yeah, that was from God. That was that was we weighed it, and we think, yeah, that that's from God. Then actually, He doesn't say something flippantly. Okay, if He speaks something out, then He wants to accomplish that, and it requires us to cooperate with Him. It requires us to say, yeah, okay, I'm going to take hold of that as well. Um, prophetic things never are inevitably going to be fulfilled. Um, so if, if God spoke over your life, well, I want you to go and plant a church into Siberia. That's the future I've got for you. Um, and you think, well, I hate the cold. I'm never going anywhere near there. Then that prophetic word will never get fulfilled. Okay? It's not like somehow you'll wake up one morning, you're in Siberia, and you've grown this, a lot of hair or something, and it keeps you warm. You know, that's not going to happen. So prophetic words do need our cooperation with God. We have to engage with him in it. But you know, if you've had a word that's not been fulfilled, pray into it. Lord, help me. What, where, what's the next step for me in this? I want to engage with this. You've spoken over it, so I want to engage with the dream that you've got over my life. And if it, as I said, if it requires some action on your behalf, then get on with it. Don't just be sitting there thinking, I'm waiting for this moment to happen. Take action. And if you need some wisdom to help you, then, then do it. Go for it. But the point is, don't sit there and think, well, God said this, but I just don't think that will ever happen. Okay? God dream for the world, the universe, was this perfect creation where there was no sin, suffering, pain, and everyone lived in harmony with him. And he is going to make sure that happens. Okay, that is going to happen. So if God can do that in the universe, I think he can deliver on your dream for your life. Yeah? So in terms of proportionally, 
you know, I know we all think we're the most important person in the universe, but the reality is you, each one of us, our things that are spoken over our lives are far easier for God to fulfill than this whole kind of perfect heavens and earth deal. Yep. So if we think he can do that, then he can handle our dreams. He requires our cooperation, but if you believe him and believe he can do it, then let's believe that and, and give ourselves to those things. So secondly, we can, we can, firstly, we can read the Bible to discover the dreams God's got for us. Secondly, we can receive, weigh, and act upon prophecy. And the third thing is, is we can do to kind of start unlocking this in our lives is to give ourselves permission to start fulfilling dreams that are in your heart. God, if we want him to, and asking to, God will start putting things in our heart, speaking to us directly about dreams that he might give us. Sometimes, actually, they can seem quite insignificant kind of things. So we've talked, I mentioned earlier about people that have kind of changed socially the world, like you know, racial segregation and, and things like that. But actually, there's often times that God might just speak something into your life that you think, well, actually, that doesn't sound very world-changing. But if God's a dreamer, then he's got bigger dreams for you and a very a vast array of dreams and things you have in your heart that you might think aren't connected with extending his kingdom. But they're no less important. Because if we believe Proverbs that says a dream fulfilled unlocks life, then whenever you have a dream that you're seeing fulfilled, it's unlocking something in you. It's unlocking some life in you. And it might be that what you think are little insignificant dreams are, are stepping stones of faith towards even bigger dreams that God has got for you. You might not have the faith to believe the big dreams, but actually when you start seeing little dreams fulfilled, it unlocks something inside of your heart. So what is it that has been in your heart that you have always thought, I'd love to do that, I'd love to see that happen, but you might not have even ever told anybody? It might be that you've always had in your heart that you wanted to record a CD, something like that. You think, I, I, I don't want to put it on iTunes, I don't want to be a pop star, but you know, I've always, that's always been a bit of a dream of mine. Well, start taking some steps towards doing that. There's ways of doing it. It might be that in your dream has always been to run a marathon or to learn the piano or to write a book. Yeah? Start taking some steps towards seeing those dreams fulfilled because they're not insignificant because actually what they do is unlock life when you start seeing them fulfilled. And God cares about those. I think God actually puts those things in our heart because he loves to see us being blessed. He loves to see us enjoying things. And actually, he knows that if we start believing him and seeing things fulfilled, it will lead to bigger and bigger things. Because I think fundamentally, at at heart, we don't always believe that God wants us to have a great time and to show his goodness to us. I think sometimes we think God only wants to speak kind of like, um, strategic things into our lives. So he's got a dream for me that will help him in his advancing his kingdom. But actually, he's a father that wants and loves to lavish good things on us. Yes, of course, he wants to advance his kingdom, but he wants a people who are advancing his kingdom that have got a big smile on their face and are full of joy. He doesn't want a miserable bunch of slaves advancing his kingdom. He wants a bunch, bunch of joy-filled sons and daughters who just love serving their extravagant heavenly father. And actually, this is one way he loves to do it. Let me give you just an example of this from a a book of this guy, Andy Mason, who's written some stuff on dream culture. He said this. One of a gentleman, a man he knows, he said, listed a dream to go big game fishing. How significant is that in the scheme of life and death, poverty and injustice, or heaven and hell? Well, it's not really, is it? Going fishing. 
However, just two weeks after our first meeting, and we didn't even discuss this dream, the man was contacted by a church in Miami, Florida, where he was scheduled to speak in a couple of months. The church host stated, I know you were supposed to leave here on the Monday after the conference, but we were wondering if you would like to delay your return flight because we have the best big game fishing in the world and we would like to take you fishing on that Monday. This guy thought to himself, are you kidding? Does God really love me or is he just into big game fishing? You know. And this guy and this goes on to say, is it possible that the God of all creation is trying to communicate something to us? He really does love us and he delights in us more than we can imagine. Just like a father with his child's birthday wish list, God watches over us and he loves to surprise us with his goodness. He loves to surprise us with his goodness. And I, I think even as we, there's a season coming where even over the last week or so, I've spoken to people and seen people who've had dreams about things and suddenly they start, a job suddenly happens. They say, that was my kind of dream job. And suddenly they've got, they've, a situation has come and they've got their dream job. And when something like that happens, you think, ah, oh, God loves to give good things, doesn't he? He loves to do that. And what it does is it starts unlocking life in us. So it might be that you need to go away and think, okay, I'm going to write down some of these things that are are in my heart, dreams that I would love. And I'm going to pray them, say, Lord, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. Um, And you might want to, if you feel a bit unsure about whether it's a, it's a, a good thing to dream, then you might want to bounce it off someone. You know, if, you've, if you've always had a dream of robbing a bank, um, then I would really urge you just to run that past someone else. Because if you go and rob a bank and then in court you stand up and say, well, Ben Parrish said that you know, God wants to fulfill our dreams, then you're on your own, frankly. I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm not supporting you in that. So if, you've got any, if you're not sure about whether your dream is, 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 is from God or whether it's just your, your, the depths of your imagination, then please do bounce them off other people. But take them to God and say, God, these are in my heart. I, I, I know you want good things for me. Because you might say in itself it's not world-changing, but actually when you start getting a momentum that believes that God is good and wants to do good things to you, and you start believing the dreams he says, do you know, it might start there, but it'll end up here. It'll end up with people that want to change the world. There's a, if you need some inspiration, if you need, uh, you know, sometimes reading other stories of people can really help us, then um, I encourage you to read this book called Courage to Dream. It was produced by uh, Phil and the guys from Last Word Publications. An amazing story of a lady who was born into poverty in, in the West Indies, but had this dream of being a teacher. Um, and an amazing story of how she went through her life and saw her dreams fulfilled. Uh, an incredible story. We've got a box full of the books down here that Phil's happy to give away for free. Um, so if you want to take one of those and have a read of it and then maybe pass it on to someone else. Uh, again, another way of just thinking, do you know, I, I, I need to get hold of this and I want to be inspired. And, and God will speak to you through that, I'm sure. So let's just kind of bring this together this morning. Because I, I really do feel that God's wanting to take us into a new season as his people here. A season where we look around us and we think, actually, there's not a lot of hope around us. Yet when we look to God, we realize that it looks a whole lot different. And it starts with us believing that he gives us permission to dream because he's a big dreamer himself. That actually he's got, he can do more than we could ask or ever imagine. And he wants good things for us. Now I know that there's probably, even now, you, sometimes you th- first thought that comes into your mind thinks it won't happen what about this time well stick around over the next few weeks and we'll start learning how do we navigate the disappointment but the point today we want to look at is actually dreams are important 
and God wants us to dream because he is a dreamer. Who knows what dreams are contained in this room? Yeah, if we were to articulate the stuff that God has put in our heart, and you might think this is just so crazy that I couldn't even articulate it because no one would ever believe that I could accomplish that. Uh, well, you know, none of us can really accomplish anything significant. But when God's in the house and God's on board, actually we could change, we could genuinely change the world with the number of people in this room today if we got hold of what God has got for us. A guy called Tony Stolfer said this, Dreams are powerful. Dreams and those who live them can change cultures, redirect nations, and move mountains. God wants us to get hold of that this morning. It's time for us to accept that he's giving us permission to dream in him.